Is crotch discomfort hurting your game? Fear no more. The kings of crotch comfort Manscaped have spent two years designing the most comfortable boxer briefs out there. Sleek, soft, comfortable, and flexible. The brand new boxers 2.0 from Manscaped take your balls to the royal ball throne. The global leaders in below-the-waist grooming have the lawnmower 4.0 for the trimming, so you can wear the boxers 2.0 for the chilling. They have trademarked the jewel pouch so you can so you know it's serious, and I think it's time you invest in your family jewels. So let your ballage breathe and get 20% off and free shipping using code DOINK at manscaped.com. Let's say you're on a date and your partner catches that manscaped on the waistband of your underwear. It's almost guaranteed to raise some eyebrows and act like a billboard on the highway to Pleasure Town. This is thanks to their lawnmower 4.0, the best electric trimmer for the below-the-waist grooming. Their fourth-generation trimmer features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin-safe technology. The lawnmower 4.0 is waterproof and also 4,000K LED spotlight, so you have a more precise shape. Again, get 20% off and free shipping. You can go doink at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping using code doink at manscaped. And our last our last uh, sponsor for today's episode is BetterHelp. We want to thank BetterHelp for sponsoring today's episode. Not everyone is someone they can lean on and talk to, and that's where BetterHelp comes in. With BetterHelp, you have access to over 20,000 professional licensed therapists. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional therapy done securely online. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own professional licensed therapist. If you've ever searched for a counselor in your area, you know it can take weeks or even months just to get a phone call back. With BetterHelp, you can start communicating as little as 48 hours. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches to make it easy and free to change therapists if needed. Get 10% off um, at BetterHelp for your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash Podcast. Again, you get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com slash Podcast. And we want to thank BetterHelp for, for sponsoring today's episode. You deserve to prioritize your mental health this year. And welcome back to another episode of the Double Doing Podcast. My name is Brendan Deeg. Thank you so much for tuning in today, guys. If you haven't already, please hit that subscribe button. It would be greatly appreciated. You can also rate the podcast and review the podcast wherever you listen to your podcast. I would also be greatly appreciated. We are getting those subscriber numbers up. Thank you to everyone who has already subscribed. If you can, please punch that subscribe button on YouTube again. It would be greatly appreciated. I have a really cool episode coming for you today. We are talking straight fantasy football. It is fantasy football season. And who else but to join me to discuss it is my friend from Sportsnet, Matt Marchese. with me. Matt, how are we doing? I'm good, buddy. Thanks for having me again. Uh, this I like how this is becoming a yearly thing because it yep. gets me right back into to fantasy football mode. I've done I've done a couple of drafts, a couple of different drafts, and now uh, now we're really getting ready for the majority of drafts that are starting. So good times. So I wanted to throw this take out there just to kick things off. So we are uh, – It's an league. Eagles take. It has to no. be an Eagles take. <laughs> no Eagles takes today. Maybe some player <laughs> takes. This is a fantasy – this is like a, a big a big picture fantasy football take. So right now in my league, we I think we're going on year two with the same group of guys, like all my good friends, we all play on the same baseball team, like just like probably 12 of my closest friends. And we are debating whether to add PPR into it this year. And I hate PPR. Am I oh, crazy? You, you just nodded your head. So you are for, are you for PPR? I love PPR. No. Because, oh, man. And the reason why is because there is a skill in catching the football. Ugh. It is a skill. Now, yeah, I guess I, I don't I don't know how like I could see if you're not a fan of it maybe going to a half point PPR instead that's, of a so full that's point. That's what's proposed right now. We're so proposed a half PPR, but I'm against any PPR, but anyways, continue. <laughs> I I just it's funny because when people say standard and then they say PPR, I actually feel like PPR is the standard and non-PPR is not the standard anymore. Hmm. So, and and that's the that's part of the the conversation too. Everything that I talk about is based on PPR. Okay. Cuz I have I play I think I play in one league that's standard and it's literally I can't even remember who ran it and I just keep getting put back into it every year so I decide that okay, I'm going to I'm going to draft a team, but it's it's non PPR and I forget that when I'm drafting. It was yeah. literally the guy set up the league and whatever the default settings were, that's what uh, he kept. Okay. So I'm just like, this is, it's something. It's special anyway. Okay. But okay, yeah, so I in, think PPR in, is the best. 
in your PPR league, do you get a point taken? So is it, is it one point or half point in your PPR leagues? Uh, I play – so a couple of leagues – so one for sh- – two for sure full point PPR. Okay. Um, but then in two other leagues that I'm in, what we've done is we've changed the PPR for – um it's not tight end premium we didn't do that but we've changed the points per receptions for running backs to be less than wide receivers so wide receiver gets 0.75 and then um running backs get 0.5 only because of you know running backs are already getting the points Mm -hmm. you know if you have a guy like let's say it's alvin kamara alvin kamara is going to be a beast so he's going to be tangibly better than a lot of wide receivers so it's just to kind of balance out the positions a little bit so that's Mm -hmm. how we've kind of operated in those two leagues okay so if in your league let's say if the running back drops a ball so he gets 0.5 points for catching if he drops it do you take away a half point uh no we don't take with no points like, for drops. It doesn't add up in my opinion no like am i am i crazy like the way i look at it is the objective of football is to move the ball forward right like in, in the grand scheme of things what is what is football football the objective of the game is to take that football on the ground and move it forward that is that is the that is football in, in a nutshell so why should you get a point if you catch the ball two yards behind the line of scrimmage on a bubble screen and you get tackled one yard before the line of scrimmage. I don't, I don't see the fan like fantasy value is about how the player moves the ball forward. Right. And you get points based off of it. It just, the people, it doesn't make sense to me. So there, I don't know if, I don't know if sleeper does it. I don't know if you've used sleeper, but sleeper is becoming the new place for people to take their fantasy leagues and i'm i'm not paid by sleeper by any stretch of the imagination mentioning them but they've done some really good things what they've done actually that's really good is they listen to the fans like they're very interactive on twitter and if you have questions if you have whatever or if you have a suggestion they're at least listening where i'm not sure that these other places are actually listening to to what is going on right so Mm -hmm. but anyway in theirs you might be able to if you can you might be able to um, get negative points or, or you get no points if the catch is a certain amount of yards forward. Okay. I don't know if they're doing that, but it's something that I know we have talked about. Just like we play in a, in a couple leagues where, and the NFL does this as well, if you score a touchdown, because we, we do points for first downs, if you score a touchdown, it does count as a first down. So there's extra points involved in that. So a lot of little finicky stuff. Listen, nothing's perfect, right? Yeah. It, it, and that's unfortunately the way that it goes. But I mean, I, I think sleeper is really becoming one of the better uh, options for, for fantasy football players. And they have basketball. I don't know if they have baseball as well, but it's becoming a, a really, really good spot to run your fantasy leagues. Okay. Fair. It's funny. Like I, I'm, I'm so against it. And I got one guy who is like a fantasy nut shout out Jad Halloween, my buddy. Um, he's he's like so pushing for it. We're getting a vote now, and I'm like, no, I'm trying to like tell everyone quietly, like, don't vote for it. Like, I'm literally like hacking the vote. Like, it's, <laughs> stop like, the count, stop yeah. the count. <laughs> literally, literally, I'm turning it turning into the 2020 election. It's um, it's uh, it's it's getting very entertaining. Josh, my draft isn't until I think we're doing it August 22nd, so it's still quite a ways away. But we did the draft order. We did it out of a hat before our baseball game last week, and I got picked 10th. So I'm, I'm the 10th pick in the draft, which I'm not, I don't mind. I'm actually – I'm kind of digging it as I go on. I wasn't happy with it at the beginning, but I don't mind pick 10. We'll talk about that later. But I want – what we're going to do today is we're going to run kind of through position by position, kind of just take – just zoom out, take a big grand scheme – or a big grand look at each position, what's changed from last year, what can we learn from last year, kind of just – this is just a generic fantasy football preview episode for you. And when we're going to start with kind of – I think the most interesting question this year in fantasy so far – because um, I'm, I'm seeing a lot of different takes and opinions on this. If you – so I'm assuming Jonathan Taylor is going to go one in about 95% of leagues this year. Is that correct? I, I Probably, yeah. yeah. I mean, at, at that point, it's, be, it's, it's the scarcity of the position, right? Yeah. Maybe not scarcity, but the lack of bell cows anymore. Yes. Yeah. There's, there's not very many, and he's certainly one of them. Um, he's – I mean, Cooper Cup might go first in some. 
Um, th- this is all single QB. If it's if it's super yes, flex, I'm talking, then, I'm talking single quarterback. Yeah, because yeah. if it's super flex, then Josh Allen's probably going first. But I mean, it's Christian McCaffrey. There's still that allure of Christian McCaffrey at number yeah. one because if he's healthy, I mean, he was yeah, he was great in the short amount of time that he was around last year. But yeah. is he healthy? Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor's a stud. We know that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I coming out of college, I had him ranked as the number one running back. I didn't think it was particularly close. And I had DeAndre Swift actually second. Um, J.K. Dobbins, I had third there as well. So, I mean, Jonathan Taylor, yeah, I would say he's going first in most drafts. Okay, so let's let's make a scenario here, Matt. You have the second overall pick in the draft. Who are you taking? Oh. Jonathan Taylor goes one. So if you look at the ADP as per Yahoo, like Austin Eckler is going second based on, and and that to me was surprising and not, not for anything like talent, certainly their ability to catch the ball is certainly there. And he's, and he's really, really good at football, but I'm still, I still think I'm taking Christian McCaffrey. Like he's, he's the, I'm willing to take that risk. I know if you're picking second, in a snake draft, like I know you're not picking until, you know, pick 23 or whatever it is. So you need to you need to hit on that pick. I mean, your draft is not won or lost by who you pick in the first round. It certainly helps. It's how you in- insulate the rest of your lineup. Mm-hmm. I've seen the argument made for Dalvin Cook at number two. I mean, I don't see it. Cooper Cup's going to have a great year, but is Cooper Cup going to do what he did last year? No, but if you, I read something, if you took away like 15% of his points, he still would have finished as a wide receiver one. Mm-hmm. So it's just the scarcity of the position for me. So I'd be going with Christian McCaffrey. And I actually think that's kind of stealing at pick two. I agree. So I, I'm, I've, I've kind of solidified my flag at McCaffrey number two here. I just, I, I look around like the rest of the picks, like Austin Eckler. Yeah. He had a good year last year. I think he finished with the third amount of points out of all running backs last year. But you're like again, you're you're banking on consistency from a guy that really hasn't shown it besides last year. McCaffrey is just different. Like the, the amount of production that he can get, um, it's just it's different from any other player in the league. No one does what he does. Like he is he's a he's a unicorn. Like there's no other McCaffrey in the league. I know he's been banged up, but even if you just take a look at his stats from last year, they were solid. He had 343 receiving yards in seven games on on 37 catches and only 41 targets like he every the ball's thrown to him he's getting the football and he i think he averaged 4.5 yards a pop he's still got juice i think like it's been a long time since his last injury he's gonna be he's fully healthy right now according to all accounts of carolina panthers training camp i i feel like it's a no-brainer that you take him number two it like if i gave you if i gave you the stat line that christian mccaffrey had um 950 rushing yards 750 receiving yards and 13 touchdowns and he caught 80 balls. Would you be surprised by that? I think that's probably about right. That sounds about if he's, right. If he's healthy, we're talking. Yeah. So maybe, maybe this, I'm assuming probably like it's hard to see him play all 17 games. Like, yeah, but, but, he, but if he plays 16 or 15, yeah. I mean, if you have him at 1800 all purpose yards and 13 total touchdowns, or 14 total touchdowns. I mean, that to me seems like if Christian McCaffrey is as healthy as they say he is, that kind of feels like the floor a little bit. Yep. Maybe not the floor, but it's certainly slightly above it. It's certainly not the ceiling. Like if he's healthy and and he plays 16 games of 17, I mean, could he be a 2000 yard all purpose guy? Sure. 15 touchdowns. So, and nobody else is going to do that. Mm Mm-hmm. Like John, Jonathan Taylor, Jonathan Taylor may have may have two thousand rushing yards, but he's not going to catch eighty or ninety balls. And I don't think, and again, the Jonathan the Jonathan Taylor, I, I agree, you probably take him number one, but I don't see him having a season like he did last year. He like let's remember here that was the best running back season basically in a decade. Like he was that that good. Again, he's probably solidified as number one, but like I'm I I would take Taylor and run at number one, but I, I don't know if I'd be. Like thrilled about it. I wouldn't want the number one pick this year but again going back to McCaffrey yeah like like you said he does everything he 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 solidifies the receiving game the passing game and 
this Panthers team's going to need him this year. Like, he's yeah. so, so important to this offense this year. Like, he's going to be Baker Mayfield's best friend. Or I'm assuming Baker's going to win the job, but it sounds like he's going to. So, I'm uh, I'm all aboard him at number two. Um, okay, here's a question. Here's a, here's another running back. Here's my big running back takers here, a guy that I really like. Okay. So, everyone is searching for the next James Conner in fantasy football drafts this year. Everyone's like, let's find the James Conner from last year. Why don't we just take James Conner again? <laughs> uh, you know what? I, I I have heard that take. And here, my only concern with James Conner is he did have a lot of touchdowns. He hasn't been able to stay overly healthy. Mm-hmm. And Chase Edmonds helped him because he would give him a breather. And I actually think that Chase Edmonds being gone hurts James Conner's value okay. a little bit. I know that I know people will look at it and go, well, you sound like you're crazy yeah it's kind of counteractive to my take like i i i look at it like there's no one behind him right and 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 that's very true but the other thing is there's nobody behind him to give him a breather either yeah okay because if if it's if it's eno benjamin like keontae ingram it sounds like he may not even make the team but if it's eno benjamin or if it's daryl williams it's probably daryl williams yeah if williams isn't doing what he did last year in kansas city where he can spell the main guy especially if it's James Conner in this case, then they're going to want to run James Conner a little bit more. They need some consistency at the position because we know about Kyler's struggles. We know about, about what happens late here. And we know that James Conner hasn't been all that healthy. Like if James, so as of right now, James Conner is going between Ezekiel Elliott and Cam Akers. He's RB 16 on Yahoo right now. Like, yeah, I think but, that's crazy. So for so for me, like, and I'll, we'll probably get to this guy later. Like, I would rather wait and take Travis Etienne or J.K. Dobbins. Okay, because I think that there is a more clear path to a top ten running back spot for both of those guys than James Conner, particularly because and and listen, I'm not saying that Travis Etienne and J.K. Dobbins are the beacon of health because they're not right now. They're both yeah. coming off missing a full season but i think that the home run ability is just so much more with those two guys and that's where i kind of look at like i would rather have those two guys um i mean after that it gets a little bit dicey i just i like i look at ezekiel elliott at 31.2 according to yahoo as the pick number and 31.6 for James Conner, 32.4 for Cam Akers. I think I'm taking both of those guys ahead of James Conner. Oh, you're breaking my damn heart here, Matt. You're, but here, here's the thing. On my big fantasy take. Here's the thing. <laughs> if if James Conner, if, if, if he stays healthy, there is a path to being a top 12 running back. Yeah. I just, I haven't seen him be able to stay healthy. Fair. That's the concern. Like Ezekiel Elliott, he gets volume. Doesn't matter how slow he is, he's gonna get the volume because they're paying him the money. I know James Conner just signed a deal, but I would rather have Ezekiel Elliott just based on the workload. I'm I'm slightly concerned about Daryl Williams being behind him. I Daryl Williams was good in the action that he that he had, at least in the passing game. And I think that takes away a little bit from James Conner. James Conner now is gonna score touchdowns. He's the red zone back. We know mm. that. He's the goal line back. We understand that. I did, there's something about Arizona that really bothers me this year. So I, I was trying to find, cause I, I think this year more than basically any year. And you brought it up. The value of the running back position has been more important than ever in fantasy. There is not a lot of teams out there. that are going to have a bell cow running back. You probably have the Indianapolis Colts. I'm assuming Carolina Panthers. Next up is Arizona. Like they're like you brought up, you, you, I guess you're higher on the Darren Williams the most, but He's got a really good shot here to take 75% of these running back touches. That's how I look at it. And they just paid him a lot of money. Like, they've got to give him the football, right? Like, Arizona fans will be losing their marbles and 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 just people, football people in general, will be kind of, like, weirded out. Why aren't we giving the football to the big running back money guy that we just paid? You know, I, I, it's funny. that That's the – as I was doing – as I was studying for this exercise yesterday, that's the take I came up with. It's like – we don't need to find the next James Conner. James Conner's right there in your face. I I don't disagree. I think he can. I think he can be the guy that takes the majority of the touches. I just, I just can't. I don't trust him to stay healthy. 
Like yeah. everybody, again, they'll say, oh, well, J.K. Dobbins tore his ACL. And yeah, okay, but an ACL tear is different from chronic injury. And that's what J- that's what James Conner has been dealing with for the majority of his career. It's nothing against the talent. It's just... It's just that some guys get hurt more than others. Oh, and I, I don't think I don't. I think that it was a bad contract, and I don't think he's generally a very good player. If that makes sense, like I think he's a fine running back. I wouldn't have paid him that money. I think it was a bad signing, a bad use of resources for Arizona's sake. But I just the people behind him is not many people. And the other thing is too that I found interesting is he had 15 touchdowns last year, which kind of caught everyone off guard. Like it was everyone was surprised. I, the guy who won my league took Connor like so late and he had like Cooper cup and Jamar chase. This is a complete stack team. He did have 12 touchdowns a couple years ago in Pittsburgh. That was his big year kind of coming out of the spotlight when he beat cancer and whatnot. So I, uh, it, it, it's not crazy to think that he could get double digit touchdowns again. I don't think 15 is in the realm of possibilities. Like I don't think we'll have that again, but he can add more yards. Like he only averaged 3.7 yards per attempt last year. And a lot that had to do because he was running on the two yard line a lot, right? Three to one yard line. So he's we, uh we also saw Kyler Murray run a little bit less later in yes. the year as well. With the later injury, in the year, like you could tell that ankle was bothering him and yeah. whatnot. And that yeah. and that's where I there is also a concern that Kyler takes away some of the, you know, I don't want to call it goal line work, but inside the five. Yeah. Kyler Murray does take a little bit of that away because they run, you know, QB sneaks, they run end arounds, they run all sorts of stuff, all those trick plays. I mean, that's, that's a bit of a concern when it comes to his productivity and the touchdowns, but I don't think 10 is out of the question. I don't disagree. Okay. So let's transition to the green Bay Packers here. And I want to talk about Aaron Jones. So right now he's averaging around like the 16, 17, 18 mark in drafts. He's currently RB one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. And he's currently RB nine on Yahoo. Am I, I thought I, he didn't really, I thought he underperformed last year. I think he, I think he was taking two. I believe he was like pick number seven or six um, for a lot of people last year. I am, uh, am I crazy to kind of go back to last year's thinking, say maybe he's being underrated again because Devontae Adams is gone. This offense is kind of completely up in the air. Rogers needs someone he can trust and he does trust Aaron Jones. I, I'm, I think 16 is too, too high. I think he should be going in the 12, 13 range. What do you think about Aaron Jones this year? So if I'll give you my top five right now, as I have it in terms of who I, where I think these guys will finish. And two, okay. so Jonathan Taylor, Austin Eckler, Christian McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley. You're going back on the Saquon train. Eh? Back, hey, yeah. the talent's undeniable. And I think, yeah. and I, and Brian Dable is a good coach. Yeah. Um, I have DeAndre Swift as well in my top yeah. five. And I have Aaron Jones lurking right around number six. Cool. And like I'm, I'm of the same opinion as you. Aaron Rodgers likes his guys. Guys that he can trust. And he mm-hmm. trusts Aaron Jones. Is A.J. Dillon going to get some more work? Absolutely. But I think Aaron Jones is going to be a big focal point of this offense, especially the passing offense. He's one of the – he's probably the most dynamic player that they have. There's a lot of Devontae Adams targets that are going to have to be spread out. Correct. I mean, maybe maybe the Packers run the ball a little bit more, but you're not going to run the ball too much more because you have arguably the most talented quarterback in NFL history at the helm. So I think there's absolutely some value there. I've seen guys that take Aaron Jones on the turn in round one, so probably six or seven picks ahead of his ADP, and I don't think that that's a reach. I, I mean, if you if we look at if we look at um, who who's going ahead of him. I mean, I think he's going to have a better season than Derrick Henry. I think he's going to have Fire a better take. spicy take. Yeah. I think, I think he has the, I think he has the opportunity to have a better season than Dalvin cook. Okay. Najee Harris, I think is the biggest faller. I agree. I, 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 what I, something I realized this year in fantasy and I look, I'm not a big fantasy guy. I'm just starting to get into it the last couple of years. I always think fantasy football is such a different Avenue than actual football like they're they're two different you can't totally you can't be experts at one or the other i i focus my on actual football and face football is a completely different realm topic for another day anyways what i what i started to realize and this is it's it's true for actual football as well big hitters matter they matter big time in in fantasy football if you can't get a guy breaking off 70 yard touchdown runs 
you're going to be not like 70 yard big plays. Like you need guys like that. You need every weekend to have a guy like break off a big play. Najee Harris doesn't bring that to the, to your offense. He's not going to rip off 65 yard touchdown runs. So, and, and not only that, how many, like if we look at Najee Harris's numbers from last year, he, he was the beneficiary of having a noodle armed quarterback and, and frankly, a bad offensive line because, Let's face it. Ben was under duress a lot last year and they just, it was a ton of like, he had 94 targets and caught 74 balls. He got 74 balls for 467 yards. That's a, that's a joke. That, that there <laughs> tells you it was just dump, dump, yeah. dump, dump, dump. And three, can, four whatever, yards a pop, three, four yeah. yards a pop every time. And, and we can say whatever we want about whether it's Mitch Trubisky or if it's God, if it's Mason Rudolph or if it's Kenny Pickett, I just don't think that like they're they're a lot more athletic than Ben is, so they don't need to rely on dumping the ball off to Najee Harris or you know to uh, whoever's playing out of the slot. Maybe it's George Pickens or or Pat Frymuth. Like there's there's going to be I would think less of a reliance on that short passing game just because they think their offensive line is better, which does help Najee Harris in running the ball. But do we really think that, like, I mean, I guess Najee Harris could have 375, you know, um, touches like he did last year or whatever it was. But that seems like a lot. And that also opens you up for the potential for injury, which is another conversation, right? Like, yes, that stuff, like, you want as many touches as possible, but you open yourself up to wear and tear and injuries. And that's part of the conversation. Now, what happens, like, I think he's he's the bell cow there. We talk about not having very many. He's one of them. But I just I don't see the same type of season as he had last year. So he for me, he falls out of the top 10. It's just Aaron Jones' involvement in the passing game. I think Green Bay's offense is still going to be good. Just like Kansas City's offense is still going to be good. They both got rid of alpha receivers. And I understand that, you know, Kansas City still has Travis Kelsey. Like, I get that. But... Aaron Rodgers is a great quarterback. Aaron Rodgers has not lost a game when Devontae Adams has not played. Yeah. So that kind of tells you that Aaron Rodgers will be just fine. And I think this offense will be as well. Aaron Jones' uh, contract is also something I was intrigued by when I was studying him. He, So his cap number right now is $5.9 million this year. It jumps up to $20 million next year. He's due 8.9% of the Packers cap next year. That's not going to happen. They're not going to let that happen. He's going to be cut after this year. It's like, or he's going to have to restructure his contract. There's no way the Packers are paying Aaron Jones $20 million in 2023. So like, this is kind of a, let's figure out what he is maybe kind of year. Let's figure out how we can fit into our offense. Let's like, even just get the, like kind of maybe run him into the ground a little bit, give him the ball as much as possible. Let's get the most use out of him. If that makes sense. I, so well, here's my thinking. I've got the, again, I got the 10th overall pick. I think if he's there at 14, do I bite 15? Right. I, like I'm hoping he's there. If I've it's PPR. Him. Yes. Yeah. I wouldn't. It's not PPR though. Not PPR. Okay, so if it's not PPR, then you're probably looking at. I mean, you're probably looking in the area like you could you could make like maybe Justin Jefferson drops. To well, that I, I want I want Justin Jefferson. I think I'm going to take Justin Jefferson. At 10. Yeah, and anyway, you probably shouldn't talk about my league. Yeah, really as much as that. yeah. I was gonna save it for the end, but um, but that's who you're yeah. kind of looking at. Yeah. It's it's a Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase. Aaron Jones will be there. DeAndre Swift will yeah, be there. Cool. Like there's, there's lots of talent there for, for sure. I mean, Travis Kelsey, mm-hmm. that's another guy that he's all he does is put up in, insane fantasy points and there's no Tyree kill there. I mean, yeah. they've insulated with other players, but Travis Kelsey is going to be the focal point of that offense again. Yeah. Okay. So last question on the running backs um, outside of the, a running back outside of the top 10 that you think has the best chance of being a top three fantasy contributor for the, uh, for the running backs. Who would that be? So, so I've got two um, because I think if, if Alvin Kamara doesn't get suspended, which Does it doesn't look like, he like he's going to, yeah. at least not for this year, Alvin mm-hmm. Kamara is a lock to finish in the top 10. That's okay. not even, that's not even a question. I don't, it doesn't, cause it doesn't matter who plays quarterback. He's still going to put up numbers, right? Especially because of his involvement in the passing game. And I read, that 
I think it was Alvin Kamara and Austin Eckler did not have a receiving touchdown within the red zone last year. Hmm. I thought that I read that and that to, and they are incredible pass catchers and they score touchdowns via the, the passing game, which is even more incredible that they put up those numbers without scoring in the red zone in the passing game. Um, I, Saquon Barkley is in kind of the same boat for me. If he, if he stays healthy, I think he's a lock for the top 10. He's going to get the workload because there's nobody behind him that scares you. And he's a great pass catcher. He's, he's elusive. He's got that home run ability that we talk up, talk about. And here's one that I think that there is, there is a route to a top 10 finish and you're going to like it because I know you love the coach. And that's Travis Etienne with Doug Peterson in that offense. We know what Doug Peterson does with running backs. We know how he likes to use them in the passing game. Mm -hmm. And if there's anybody that has home run capability, it's Travis Etienne, who's currently going off the board as RB23. And at that point in your draft, if you could get Travis Etienne as your number two running back, I think you are laughing all the way to the bank. That's a, I, I like Etienne. He's, he's, he was a guy that I'm, I'm starting to kind of gather more um, gather more traction for. Apparently he's having a really good show at camp. This is a guy that they spent a first-round pick on. Like they they invested a like this is that's a high resource right like a lot of th- a lot of stuff about football is to follow the money and follow the resources what yep. draft pick did they use them at how much money are they getting that will kind of dictate the tale of how these players get their touches majority of the time right some it doesn't work like that all the time it's a good it's a good stepping stone to kind of figure out where, how these touches are going to go around teams and again first round draft pick went was a good friend of Trevor Lawrence they went to the same school. He's fresh off an injury. Now he's probably healthy, right? He suffered it last year in camp. So this is a guy that's ready to rock as a young running back. They need to get their touches into him. Like they need to, they need to utilize that resource they spent on him. So I like that a lot. I think RB23 is really high too. Like I, I was surprised that you that uh, you brought that stat to me. I thought he'd be going a little higher. Well, I think the longer that as we get closer towards drafts at the end of August, like if you're drafting right before the season starts, that ADP is going to, he probably gets into the top 20 mm-hmm. before the, before drafts are, are finished up. That would be my guess. Okay. Let's transition to the wide receiver position. Just my bona fide take right off the bat. I think Justin Jefferson should be the top wide receiver taken your thoughts. Yeah, I think I think that's I have him as my number one receiver right now. I have him ahead of Cooper Cup. And that's I mean, Cooper Cup could absolutely finish as the top wide receiver again. Nobody would be surprised. But Kevin O'Connell is he's going to throw the ball. They're going to run three wide receiver sets. I think there's value in not only Justin Jefferson, but I think if Adam Thielen's healthy, there's value there. And I think KJ Osborne is also a great value as well. So my top five is Jefferson Cup, Chase, Adams. And Diggs, it's pretty chalk. I mean, there's, there's, I, I think there's a chance that Mike Evans m- could slip into the top five just okay. because no Gronk. Let's see what Godwin is when he comes back from the injury. And that's what it, that's basically the determining factor. If Chris Godwin's healthy, Mike Evans is not going to finish as a top five or six wide receiver. Mm-hmm. But if he's not and he has to spend an extra three or four games on the sidelines as he waits to come back from that ACL injury, then we're talking about Mike Evans as, you know, especially for the first five or six weeks of the season, probably in the top five conversation. Um, the Julio Jones thing, I'm over it. I mean, he's he's injury prone. There's, there's just a lack of consistency that we've seen the last couple of seasons. He's been hurt. Um, he only has, I believe, four touchdowns the last two years. And that's a lot of TD upside for Mike Evans, especially with Gronk gone. That's the big one for me because Kyle Rudolph and Cameron Bray just aren't it at the tight end position, which means that I think I think Mike Evans gets even more red zone looks. He scored a bunch of touchdowns last year. I think he's going to have another big year. And, and listen, what we do know about Mike Evans is he's a lock for 1,000 yards every single yeah. year. So I, I, like their, I like the value – that Mike Evans does provide a little bit later on. I mean, not later on, but after you get out of that top five. What do you make of Tyree Kill going wide receiver nine right now on most boards? Isn't like the eight, nine, ten range on 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 most people's boards. I we did our AFC East preview yesterday for on the podcast. When you're done listening to this one, go check that out. I have a hard time seeing what this Dolphins offense is going to look like. Like it's it's so it's probably the biggest question mark for me out of any team. 
heading into this year because one, Mike McDaniel's coming from the Kyle Shanahan system where Jimmy Garoppolo was under center a lot. It was a lot of play action pass outside zone. Tagovailoa just doesn't do that. That's not what he did at Miami. He had 22 total pass attempts last year under center, which was dead last in the NFL. I, I, I don't really know how the distribu- um, um, distribution of touches is going to go in this offense. Am I crazy for being scared of taking Tyree Kill or Jalen Waddle very high? Yeah, I, I think so because it does feel like it does feel like there's there's a bit of um, they're gonna you know wear each other out in terms of who's gonna it could be what it could be one of those that one week it's Jalen Waddle that has a big week and another week it's Tyree Kill. You don't trade for Tyree Kill unless you're really gonna use him. I think that's a pretty it's, that's a pretty safe safe assumption especially the amount of draft capital and the money they gave yeah yeah Yeah. and so so there's there's that as part of the conversation i'm not a big to a guy like when 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 the draft happened i said miami should have taken justin herbert sure enough i was right they should have taken justin looks pretty darn good right now yeah and so 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 that's part of the conversation here's one thing that nobody is talking about okay is Mike McDaniel a good – is he really a smart offensive hey, line? We had this – we literally – I literally – you just took word for word in my mouth when I said yesterday in the podcast. Is he good at this? Is he going to be good? I am a Mike McDaniel guy. I am. I, I think he's a smart dude, I, I but I think he's got a lot of boomer bust potential. I, I think this either is going to work out big time or it's going to hit the floor. Like, like, again, you've seen offensive coaches like Matt Nagy, like – um Adam Gase, you've seen exciting young offensive minds flail out. It's not crazy. This is this is another opp- a potential um, for that to happen. Again, I'm a Mike McDaniel guy, but who knows? Is he going to call the plays? Is he going to run a team? I don't know. I, I, here's my thing on this whole thing. This whole being nice and being kind of weird with the media, it's almost as if it's like, hey, look over here so you can't see what's going on over here. Because yeah. over here, I'm not a very good coach and I'm over and I'm underqualified for the job I just got. That's what it kind of feels like to me. Okay. I like the moves that they made. I, I like the I like the playmakers that they have. I love the Chase Edmonds signing. I love that they brought in Raheem Moster because I think there's some value there, especially yeah. late in the draft with both of the guys. But I think the quarterback is not very good, and I don't know how good Mike McDaniel is as a play caller because Kyle Shanahan's fingerprints were all over that offense in San Francisco. Just like I have my reservations about anybody that comes out of the Sean McVay tree because Sean McVay has his fingerprints all over the offense, and he's calling the plays, and he's doing all that stuff. So how much are these other guys actually involved in that? So I think that's I think that's my concern with Mike McDaniel. And again, I'm not... Is Tua is Tua gonna support two top twenty wide receivers? Yeah, not gonna happen. I don't see it. Yeah, I don't see it. Not gonna happen. Okay, another interesting guy. I think I think there's two, um, two interesting kind of similar um, in draft position, and, and and people are kind of taking a look at them similarly. Rashad Bateman and Allen Robinson. Who would you pick if you were stuck between one of those guys? So if I'm picking, oh. It's hard because I really like both of them. But I think it's Allen Robinson only because of the pass volume in that Rams offense. Okay. And and Matt and Matthew Stafford is a better traditional quarterback than Lamar Jackson is. If I had to pick in fan, who am I picking in fantasy between Matthew Stafford yeah. and Lamar Jackson? I'm taking Lamar Jackson. That's not right. even remotely close. But in this conversation, I think Rashad Bateman takes a really big step forward. I know he missed a bunch of games last year, but when he came back and got settled into the offense, he was really good. And I think that Rashad Bateman is, he finishes as a top 20 wide receiver. I think we saw the success that Hollywood Brown had with Lamar Jackson. And I think that Rashad Bateman is a better player. I think he's, I think he suits more what the Ravens want to do in the passing game. Mark Andrews is still the guy there, but I think Rashad Bateman has a really good year. But Allen Robinson is a guy that, aside from last year, because the, his usage last year was gross, and and they put Justin Fields in such a bad spot last year, they didn't play to his strengths. The offense was terrible. It was just it was awful. no one was succeeding in that offense. Yeah, and except Darnell Mooney, apparently. Yeah, um, that's fair. So. Allen Robinson, for me, this is the best quarterback that he's ever played with. This includes college. This includes the NFL, everything. His quarterback tree is 
the worst. And Allen Robinson put up 1,100 yards with Mitch Trubisky as his quarterback. He's put up, uh, he put up, I think, 1,200 or, or 1,100 with Blake Bortles as his quarterback. Allen Robinson's a good player. Mm-hmm. And he's going to a place that paid him. So we talk about following the money. Robert Woods is gone. Van Jefferson just got hurt. There's a path to 135 targets and 90 catches for 1,200 yards here. I like I like it. I, I agree. I, I think there is a pathway forward. The other that there's one kind of elephant in the room with him though is Odell Beckham Jr. is still a free agent, right? And I I had Jordan Schultz on my podcast about a week ago, and me and him had this conversation. I feel like Odell going back to the Rams is I'm not saying it's a 100 percent lock. But I think it's going to happen. I, I do think Odell ends up back with LA. It just I seems do too. Like, it seems like just like the match made in heaven. And the other thing, if he doesn't, so if he doesn't get back in LA, an important thing to remember is the wide receiver two on the Rams was so important to that team. Odell Beckham was massive for the Rams when he got hurt in the Super Bowl. Their offense stalled. He was he was the gears to that offense, and that would that's basically what Allen Robinson's role would be would be the Odell role if he's not back there. So I, I think, I think a lot of it has to do with Odell Beckham. Is he coming back or not? Yeah. Is, is, that, is that fair? Yeah, no, I, I think that it is fair. Here's the thing. Odell's probably not going to be back until at least halfway through the year. Yeah. So that's part of the conversation. Allen Robinson is already going to be entrenched in the offense. Um, Robert, there's there, like we said, there's no Robert Woods there anymore. And Robert Woods is a very productive receiver. Cooper Cup had 194 targets last year. <laughs> Do we really think that Cooper Cup is going to have 194 targets again God, this year? That's insane. That's an insane. I didn't like, know it was that high. Holy shit. Yeah. I mean, we're if we're talking let, Cooper Cup at even 165 targets is a lot of targets. So there's another 30 targets that's there. He eats up whatever Odell had, and then he eats up whatever um, Van Jefferson had because he might miss some time, and then whatever Robert Woods had. Okay. There's plenty to go around, I, I think. But, yeah, there's no way that Cooper Cup is getting 100. I think it was 194. I'll double-check, but I'm pretty sure it was 194, and that's insanity. Okay, I have three under the radar guys. I'm gonna throw your way and then just agree with me or disagree if I'm if I'm nuts at wide receiver. I think there's a lot of value at the wide receiver position this year. Always. Kind of I love it. Oh yeah. The first guy, so I asked you this question: who do you think out of the top ten has the best at finishing in the top three? I think Michael Pittman Jr. is that guy this year. I, I think there's a there's a laneway here, a pathway where he just dominates. Now, again, I'm not the biggest Matt Ryan guy, but they don't have Another like you, Alec Pierce is going to be the numbers two receiver this year. Alec Pierce is good. He was a, he's a rookie. Who knows how it's going to work out? But Michael Pittman Jr. two years ago had seven yards per pop after contact. Last year it dropped a little bit. The, again, the passing game was disoriented with Wentz at some points. I, I think this. I think we're going to kind of go back to the Philip Rivers style offense that was his rookie year. And I, I think there's a. I think there's a real good chance that Michael Pittman has a. Very good season. How, how, what do you think about Michael Pittman this year? I like Michael Pittman. It's that third year, right? And that's the key for a lot of wide receivers. That was a key for a guy like Devontae Adams. That third year makes a big, big difference. And he's already shown that he can be one of those big-time receivers, one of those alpha receivers. He's certainly in a better position than he was last year with Carson Wentz, a quarterback. Yeah. Like Matt Ryan's just better. This will probably be one of the best offensive lines that Matt Ryan's ever played with. And I think you're going to see a much improved Matt Ryan. And I think there's, I actually think there's a lot of value in Matt Ryan in drafts this year. Mm-hmm. Um, I like Pittman. I, I think he's, he's being taken with the premise that he's probably going to be finishing in the top 10 because like you said, like he's, I think he's around 12 or 13. Yeah. He's, he's, so I got he, a couple yeah, I was 13 fantasy pros is 12. I yeah. think he's got like top five potential. Like I, I think that's, I think he can get in there. That's a little bold for me, but he certainly could finish in the top seven or eight for me. I can give you mine because I think, and he hasn't shown it yet, but I think there's an incredible receiver in there. Jerry Judy is being drafted at wide receiver 22 right now. Russ, Russ Wilson made Tyler Lockett a thing. 
right? He, out of the slot, and Judy, I think, is the better player. I think he's the better receiver. He's a great route runner. You can well, without, make the- without Tim Patrick right now, he's going to have to play strictly on the outside. Judy's going to he's going to be the solidified now number one receiver. This is it's put up or shut up year for Judy. Like he yeah. again, he was taken high. Um, he he the talent's there. I agree. I, I think I, I was in love with him coming out of college. He was he one of the funner wide receiver college shapes I've yeah. seen over the last couple of years. It's put up or shut up time. He's going to have to win one-on-one matchups. He's almost going to be their X receiver. So yeah. And I do think they will use him out of the slot because they'll split out KJ Hamler. Probably. I think that's a yeah. big opportunity for Hamler with, with Tim Patrick out, but I wrote this exact same thing. This has to be a breakout year for Jerry yeah. Judy. You could also make the case for Cortland Sutton in finishing in the top 10. Cause I think, I think one of them finishes in the top 10. Sun's going higher than Judy right now in drafts. Yeah, they're very close in ADP. And I think part of it is because I think why Sutton goes ahead of him is because it does feel like there's more touchdown upside with Cortland Sutton than there is with Jerry Judy. But neither guy has played with a quarterback like this. Yeah. I think both of them finish in the top 20. I could see it. What about so here's here's one that uh here's an under the radar, not under the radar guy, but he's going right now around the 14, 15, 16, 17 range. We just talked about Carson Wentz, but I think Terry McLaurin has an opportunity to break out this year. I, they're gonna Wentz is at his best when he's launching the ball deep. Okay. That's when he that's when he's at his best. The Colts didn't really do a ton of it. When they did, it worked. I think Scott Turner's gonna open up this offense. He Scott Turner's had um Taylor Heineke as quarterback. Over the last couple of years, like North Turner is Scott North Turner is Scott Turner's dad. Like he, they, they're meant to push the ball down the field. That's what the, that's it's in the Turner's blood. He hasn't able to do that with Taylor Heineke. That offense had to be a thirty-five yards into the line of scrimmage. Now there's there's a lot of wider possibilities um, of play calling that Scott Turner can use, and I think Terry McLaurin is going to get a ton, a ton of targets um, and a ton of workload this year. There's certainly not a like. I mean, Jahan Dotson is a good player, but it's like, what what kind of expectations do we have for him in his rookie year? McLaurin's definitely the guy. He got paid. He got his money. I just look at the situation. I just don't trust Carson Wentz. Yeah. I really don't, and that's my issue. Like, would I be shocked if Terry McLaurin finished as the wide receiver seventeen, right around his ADP? Probably not. I mean, if he finished in the top. 15 12 that wouldn't be surprising but i don't see top 10 for mclaurin just because i i there's something about carson wentz i just don't trust him i don't trust him to stay healthy i don't trust him to make good decisions and i don't think that that washington offensive line is all that great either yeah they they actually got worse this year yeah so there's so that's that's a big issue for me i think washington is a bad football team i really do now having said that if they are as bad as i think they are going to be that means Carson Wentz is going to have to throw the ball a lot because the, yeah. the defense I was, I anticipated that Washington's defense last year was going to be great and, it and they out. were terrible. So yeah. if they're just as bad as they were last year and they may not have chase young at the beginning of the season, they're probably going to be a little bad. Then Carson Wentz is going to have to air the ball. out. Well, who's he going to throw to? He's going to throw yeah. it to Terry McLaurin. So if they're, if they're really bad, then I think that Terry McLaurin has a path to a top 15, top 12 spot this year. Okay, last one before we move on to tight ends. Brandon Cooks. I, 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 he's one of my favorite players in the league that's not an eagle, man. I, I, I've got a soft spot for the guy. The guy gets traded everywhere, but all he does is put up production. Like he has, he's got 6,000 wide receiver, um, six years of over 1,000 yards receiving. Back-to-back years, he's done it. He's played in he's he has been fairly healthy, fairly healthy sorry his entire career. He's gonna be the number one target on this team. He's worked with Davis Mills. And I actually I'm I'm a neck fan. I like Davis Mills. I think that neck is gonna be moving this year. I, I think that Texas offense is gonna surprise some people. I think Brandon Cooks right now is going around with wide receiver 23, 24. I think that's too high. I think you can find I think he's got a chance to sneak in the top 10. I don't know if he sneaks in the top 10, but I do love Brandon Cooks because he is just all he does is put up fantasy points. And every year, all everybody does is go, Well, it's Brandon Cooks. And is he going to get hurt? Well, he's going to put up a thousand yards, generally speaking. He's kind of in that Mike Will and Mike Evans mold of that he's going to be very productive when he's on the field all the time. 
Um, Davis Mills, I believe, had five top 10 finishes in the last like eight weeks. Yeah, he was great. Like, I was watching some Davis Mills highlights. Like, he was awesome the last five games. He was arguably the best rookie quarterback in the league last year. Yeah, like, and that's that's and that's saying yeah. something. And nobody yeah. expected him to start a game. I mean, yeah. with the Watson stuff and whatever, but I I'm I'm fine with I'm fine with Brandon Cooks. And again, sure. that Texans defense. I know Lovey Smith is there. I know he's a defensive guy. The defense is not going to be very good, no, which they means they're going to have to throw the ball, and they yeah. don't have much at running back. I mean, we could say what we want about Marlon Mack. We could say what we want about Damian Pierce. Rex Burkhead is still somehow hanging around the NFL. They're gonna they're gonna play hard because I think they did last year. Yeah. I think they played hard. I just I don't I don't see a situation where they're very good. They're gonna be in games and they're gonna be a tough out. They're not gonna win very many, but the defense isn't good enough. They're gonna have to throw the ball a lot, and Brandon Cooks is gonna have to be a big focal point. I do like Nico Collins a little bit later. And okay. I, I really like Brevin Jordan as a dart throw tight end at the end. I know we're talking about the Texans and we'll get yeah. to tight ends later, but I, Brandon Cooks is awesome. I love Brandon Cooks. Yeah, I, I think he's he's such an underrated player, and like I, I just love his tenacity. Like he, he he gets in he gets in the dirty areas in the middle of the field too. Like he's he's a fun guy to watch, and I, I I'm I'm kind of I'm bullish on the Texans a little bit this year. I think they're going to surprise some people. Like yeah. I, they don't have they don't have a lot of talent on the roster, but. Look, I'm not. I wasn't a big fan of Lovey Smith hire, but this is a team that's set up to succeed over the future. Like this is a team that's going to play hard. They they need to figure out what they have in Davis Mills as well. Like they need to use him. Like they need to yeah. get him going, throw the ball. They need to see if they need to take a quarterback. They have all the draft capital from the Deshaun Watson saga now from the Browns. Like this is a. Uh, They've got the ability to move up if they need to. Yeah, exactly. This is a team to kind of watch out for. I don't think they're going to be. I don't think they're going to pick in the top five this year. Like I, I think they'll they'll win some football games and they'll they'll be able to move the ball. Yeah, okay, so I, 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 we're, I know we're over, but I'll give you yeah. a nice a nice value play here. Um, uh, Jalen Tolbert, who I know I know you know. Okay, uh, he's going at wide receiver sixty nine at the moment. Gallup's hurt. James nice. Washington just got hurt. Amari Cooper's gone. Third round pick out of South Alabama. That's an offense that you want to be able to target because Dallas ran the second most plays last year, the fifth most pass attempts, and Jalen Tolbert walks into a wide receiver number two. Position. Yeah, because Cedric, Cedric Wilson's gone. The, James Washington just got hurt. Yeah, and yep. and and Gallup. I don't know. We don't know when Gallup's coming back, but he's not going to be ready for Week One. It sounds no. Like. So Gallup was laughing at reporters when they asked him if he was going to be ready for Week One. Like he's like, "There's no way." So it's it's probably going to be Week Five, Week Six. So Jalen Tolbert's going to have a month. Of being wide receiver too, basically. Yeah, I don't know. I I, I think they're going to do a. I think they're going to give the ball to CD Lamb like seventy percent of the time. They're going to start using him almost like Cooper. Like they're going to do wide receiver versus. They're going to give him the ball time. And I wasn't the. I like Tolbert. I wasn't wasn't huge on him coming out of college, but I could see him being wide receiver too. Okay, we're fifty minutes in. We've kind of gone a lot over. We still have two position groups left, so let's try to cush tight ends and quarterbacks in five sure. minutes each year. So tight end position right now we're we're in like the epitome of the probably the worst era of tight ends in almost nfl except for the top end except yeah yeah like the top there's a lot but it gets really dicey the farther you get down who do you think travis kelsey's the bonafide number one tight end this year i actually think it might be mark andrews okay mark andrews finished ahead of travis kelsey in a lot of statistical categories last year and that was without lamar jackson for five games so he's he's basically qb proof um, but Travis Kelsey's they're they're one A one B for me. Uh, I have Kyle Pitts, George Kittle, Darren Waller, my top five, pretty pretty chalk. Um, Dalton Schultz could sneak into the top five, like we mentioned the the ability to just walk into targets with guys hurt. I mean, he's probably the second option in that Dallas offense behind CD Lamb, um, and and that's that's how I'm operating in my top five six ish. Okay, is there? Uh... Is there a way that Dawson Knox repeats his, his fantasy love from last year? Is he going to have like that crazy year, or is, or is this coming crashing down? I, I think. Well, it's it's between him and Gabe Davis that seem to be the preferred options in the red zone, and that's an offense that gets to the red zone a lot. I don't know if he finishes in the top ten. He's also due for a contract, so you you like to have guys on your team that produce in contract years. I mean. I think he can have a good year, but he's, but he's third. He could even be, he could even be fourth, the fourth option on that team in terms of target share, because we know what the slot position gives out. We don't 
quite know who that's going to be yet, but it looks like Isaiah McKenzie. I, everybody thinks Gabriel Davis is going to have a big year. I do as well. And Stephon Diggs is Stephon Diggs. Mm-hmm. And they added James Cook. So that's yep. going to take away a little bit of that short passing game from Dawson Knox. I don't think we get a repeat. He's a good player. I just don't think we get a repeat. The, to, I actually, and believe it or not, I'm going back. I'm going back to your boy, Doug Peterson here. Evan Ingram is going as tight end 19. Oh, off the you're board. doing it. You're, you're jumping on the Evan Ingram train. I, and I'll tell you why. Doug Peterson has had success with athletic tight ends in the oh, past. Yeah. We know yep. that. We know what he did with Zach Ertz. We know what he did with Dallas Goddard. There's not much at the tight end position. Like Dan Arnold's there, but Evan Ingram is just a better player. And I actually do believe that there's lots of value. Listen, if you take Evan Ingram as your second tight end and he's tight end 19, I believe that there's top 10 upside there. I really do. And he's an athletic guy. As long as they don't have him block and they play him like, kind of like Kyle Pitts plays in in Atlanta, that's how I would use him. Because I think the athleticism is there. He's battled injuries. But if he's healthy, I could absolutely see a path to top 10. Okay. I... uh it's funny. So was it, it was two years ago, the Eagles, when the Eagles had that really, really bad season and they beat the giants, like uh, they came back in the, in the fourth quarter, it was 2020 Evan Ingram had like this wide open catch to ice the game and he dropped it. And it's almost like since then, like my, my, uh, my complete, like just way I look at Evan Ingram has changed. But, oh, I get that. Yeah. I get, I've been there. Like, he's got there. talent. It's just catching the football with him. Like yeah. literally like it's, it's a, it's a mental thing with Ingram. Okay. Uh, two more tight end questions. I'm really curious about basically the the riser across all tight end boards. Everyone thinks this guy's going to have a big year. Everyone thinks he's underrated. Alberto. What do we make of Alberto? Not touching it. Not touching him. Okay. No, and it's only because Russell Wilson, outside of having Jimmy Graham, has not really used the tight end position. You could make the argument that he hasn't really had the tight end outside of Jimmy Graham, but Alberto's not Jimmy Graham. If Noah Fant was there... I'd be all over Noah Fant in that offense. But Noah Fant's a better athlete than Albert O is. Mm-hmm. I, if, if I were to take a tight end and I was, you know, as a dart throw, Greg Dolchich is who I would take. Okay. I would take him later because there's talk that he's going to be the starting tight end halfway through the year. And that's a guy that you could just pick up on waivers later on in the year. But mm-hmm. I, I don't think that Albert O, he's a great red zone target, but I don't think he's a consistent part of the offense. I think he's being way overdrafted. I like, agree. I would rather have Cole Komet as tight end 22 off the board than Albert O, and I will take that to my grave. Okay, last one. What do you think of Pat Fryermouth? People mm-hmm. are kind of all over the place with him. I really like Pat okay. Fryermouth. He was really good last year. He, he has, he, he's shown he can produce at the NFL level. And you could you could say that he was a beneficiary of like we talked about earlier the noodle arm quarterback having to throw the ball four yards down the field, but maybe with the offensive line not being as great as it once was, the quarterbacks are under duress. They look for that safety blanket. Could be Pat Fryermuth. Mm-hmm. I really like him. Okay, interesting. All right, let's finish off with quarterbacks here. Um, it I, I always struggle with who to take a quarterback in fantasy. Like I, I, I literally ran into Jalen Hurts last year at the end of my draft, and it turned out to be he turned out to be basically my best player in fantasy. So like I, I just like he just kind of fell into my lap, and he surprised a lot of guys. But what's what's let's let's zoom out a little bit and like look big picture here at quarterback. What's your take on when you should attack the quarterback in a fantasy draft? Because I struggle with it every year. It's it's one of the hardest questions in single QB drafts because yeah. you like you're gonna get your value out of Josh Allen, like Josh Allen very much could finish as the the number one quarterback again yeah and and nobody would be surprised i tend to wait on quarterback because i think there's value like once you get to the justin herberts who maybe go a little bit it it depends on how your draft goes if you think that you are solid at every position or at most positions there's always one position that you're going to kind of punt on and some people do it at quarterback because I want all the running backs. I want all the wide receivers, the tight end. A lot of people punt at tight end and they'll take the quarterback early. It's really a, it's really about your roster build. If you're confident in your roster going up to, let's say, the seventh round and you're like, okay, I can take a, a Lamar Jackson or a Jalen Hurts or whatever. Actually, Jalen Hurts is going a lot later than that. But that's how I'm, I'm kind of going with it. Like, 
if I can get Jalen Hurts as the eighth quarterback off the board, I'm ta- I'm probably taking that as long as the league you play in is not punitive with interceptions. Because mm-hmm. if you play, if you here's how I would do it: if you're playing in a league that is very punitive for for interceptions, like if it's five points for a passing touchdown but three points for an interception, or th- minus three points for an interception, I'm staying away a little bit from Jalen Hurts. Hurts only had nine picks last year. He was I, he was really good at keeping the ball in his hands. But but that but I do believe that they're going to throw the ball more because yeah. of the weapons they have, which opens up more opportunity for mistakes with Jalen Hurts. Because yes, he had a good completion percentage last year, but it's also because the passing numbers were down a little bit. Yeah. Jalen Hurts has the rushing upside, which is why I kind of used him as an example. But yeah. like you can wait and get Matthew Stafford in the ninth round. I think. Mm-hmm. Are you not? Are you not laughing at that kind of a pick? Yeah, because you you probably are. Like I, I'm looking at it here. Um, I know this is great for the podcast, but you have you have Matthew Stafford going in the in round nine as the 84th pick. Aaron Rodgers is going in the 10th round. Derek Carr is going in the 11th round. Trey Lance, the 11th round. Kirk Cousins is my favorite value. He's going in the 12th round. Yeah, like Josh Allen right now is supposed to go in like the fourth round. Like that's like what? what so let me let's let's let me another big picture question for this year for you. Like when would you back out? Like, what? which quarterback does it hit for you to say, okay, let me sit a few rounds out? Like, so right now, according to Fantasy Pros, the top three quarterbacks right now are Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, and Patrick Mahomes. I think that probably makes sense. Yeah. Which, when do you tap out? Like, when do you say, okay, this is, like, I'm going to sit back? If I So, basically, after, probably after Kirk Cousins goes is where I'm like, I'm I'm punting and waiting for a guy like Jameis Winston or Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields. So okay. that's probably around round 12. That's where I think there's a huge gap. Although Deshaun Watson is going in the 13th round. And we we can say whatever we want He's about the so, bad stuff that he does. I, I am still a quarterback. I can't wait to see who takes some in my league. I got, I'm uh it's gonna be interesting because he's still like we're still waiting on Roger Goodell's uh, if he's going to appeal the suspension or not. It's it's very he's a very interesting fantasy football player this he year. Certainly, he certainly he could win you some leagues at the end. I hate to say it, but that's a guy that can like literally bring you home a championship. Yeah, but I'm but after after Kirk Cousins, I'm probably starting to fade a bunch of these guys because then you get into Baker and and Mac Jones, Carson Wentz, to uh, Zach Wilson. The best value at quarterback is the is the two quarterbacks that were consensus one and two last year in the draft and and that's trevor lawrence and and justin fields for me fields is going uh 26th right now and he's uh, you know guys that are going ahead of him jared goff carson went zach wilson james winston ryan Tannehill. if justin fields if they use him like they're supposed to justin fields is is a top 15 quarterback because mm-hmm. i think I, he's worked on his mechanics I know that was a, a bit of an issue, but they're going to use him. They're going to have him play outside the pocket, which is where Justin Fields had the most success. And yeah. I think that I think that Trevor Lawrence can't be any worse than he was last year. And yeah. he's going right behind uh, Justin Fields as QB 27. I think both guys have chances to finish in the top 12. Okay, last question for you. Um, I, I think this is the most, probably top five most interesting players in the NFL this year. And probably just the biggest up in the air. He, there's a lot of ways this player can go. Trey Lance, I think, is a super interesting case study for fantasy this year and just in the league in general. Let's let's remember that Kyle Shanahan, when he first started calling plays and when he first kind of got his clout in the NFL, was Robert Griffin III. Like that's that offense is when that's that's the style of offense that Kyle Shanahan was built and 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 had the most success for in the NFL. Is I, if I'm Kyle Shanahan. And I'm assuming he's thinking the same thing. I'm running Trey Lance a lot. Like he's, I think he's going to be a huge focal point of that offense on the move with the ball in his hands in the red zone. That means fantasy points. How yep. can Trey Lance be going here? So my best, my best comparable that I can give you for Trey Lance this year is Josh Allen's rookie year. Okay. So the completion percentage was like 53, 54%. He didn't throw a ton. Now, granted, Trey Lance has way better weapons than Josh Allen ever had his first two years in yeah. the league. You could make the argument 
that Trey Lance has better weapons than Josh Allen does right now. That that's a that's a pretty close, you know, like they've got Debo and they've got Ayuk and they've got George Kittle and and they've got Elijah Mitchell. Like it's a it's a really good offense. Trey Lance is in a situation where he can put up good numbers, but everything that we've heard out of camp is Trey Lance is struggling with arm fatigue. Trey Lance is struggling with accuracy. So I think he's like Josh Allen in his first, in his rookie year where he had something like 800 and something rushing yards and eight, maybe had eight rushing touchdowns. I can't remember exactly, but that's the type of floor that I have. Josh Allen also missed two or three games his rookie year. Mm-hmm. So I do believe that his he's got that Konami code rushing attack ability as the running back. He's he's built like uh, he's he, he's like in the mold of the Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson when they first came into the league. Very very evasive as a runner. Very good. They have a good arm where they can throw the ball deep. It's the intermediate passing that I'm going to worry about with with Trey Lance. So if you're not punitive again with interceptions, I think you can, I think there's some value at taking Trey Lance where he's going right now, which is, is right behind Derek Carr at, I want to say he's wide receiver 13 or 14. It's one of those that the upside, the, the ceiling is super high, but I think the floor is super, super low. So if you're going to take Trey Lance, you better take a guy that has a really, really solid floor like maybe you take a Ryan Tannehill or Jared Goff mm-hmm. as your second quarterback or a Jameis Winston because I think you're going to need that balance because there's going to be weeks where Trey Lance is going to he's not going to be very good but yeah. there's going to be weeks where he finishes as the number one fantasy quarterback I like it Matt Marchese Sportsnet thanks so much for doing this man could talk to you about fantasy forever could talk to you about football forever in general but before we go Matt why don't you plug in anything once once we take a look at I, you know what? I don't have much on the go right now. Um, I'm probably going to be restarting the fantasy podcast for week one. Listeners, uh, before well, quickly, he's got a baby coming on the way. Yeah, so that's why I got to find some time to get back yeah. on the train with Front 4 Fantasy. Yeah. Um, I'm on the fan radio network kind of whenever, um, so I'll be around. And, of course, I'm going to bug you to come on to talk NFL. Um, so not yeah. much going on. I'm going to go on a hiatus after my baby's born for a bit. Um, because it's the first one and I have no idea what I'm doing. I've never <laughs> felt so underqualified for a position in my life. Um, but yeah, that's what that's what's going on in my world. Man, really appreciate you jumping on. We'll talk again. Uh we'll talk again on the radio. I'll have you on before the season ends. But yeah, good luck uh the next couple of weeks, man. Your life's turning over. So good luck with that. That's it. Thanks, buddy. <laughs>